Welcome to the Great Job Podcast, where we help you design your own handbook for raising amazing kids. I'm Emily Mall, a stay-at-home mom who's been in therapy for over a decade and is returning to work now. And I'm Dan Mall, a designer, creative director, entrepreneur, and author. We've been together for over 20 years and have spent the last 12 raising our two daughters. We believe that everyone deserves a non-judgmental space to show up as themselves, share, make mistakes, and grow. On this show, we pull back the curtains on everything we've tried, tested, and thought about so you can feel supported and less alone in your parenting journey. You'll leave each episode with practices, strategies, conversation starters, and support to set your kids up for the best future possible. I am so excited to talk about this. (laughs) We're going to talk today about being different and all the different types of parenting styles. Which oh boy. I'm so excited because there are just so many and I'm really appreciative of all the kinds because I think we need all of them. We need all the kinds of people. We need all the kinds of parenting and some kids need a specific kind of parent versus a different kind. So one of the things I think that is a big family value of ours is to be different, that our family is different. And we talk to the kids a lot about it, especially when those kinds of whining sentences come up like, well, they don't do it in their family and their family does this. We're like, okay, that's not us. That's not our family. I think that's our biggest response to that. Yeah. The one that bugs me is the, it's not fair, which usually comes from the like. The F word. Yeah. That is, that is the F word that's outlawed in our family. We're fine with other F words. I think (laughs) that one, that one not so much. Uh, And I think a lot of that comes from comparison. A lot of that comes from like, well, this other family doesn't do that or that doesn't happen over there or that didn't happen to me or that didn't happen to them. So it's not fair. Oh, they have a phone or they get to go see this movie in the theater. For us, it's like around that stuff right now. Yeah, I think that's where it started. And I think it's evolved to to more than that now. Now it's just like we're different. So it's okay for us to be different, which I think has come from, I think it used to be maybe a reaction and I think now it's like a value. It's kind of been emerged as a value as like, no, this is a thing that we do on purpose. This is not just a thing that we use to explain or post-rationalize why we don't want to do that thing. It's, I, it's, a, it's a thing that is important to us. I love telling the kids like, okay, if you want to be like them, go be boring. Like, <laughs> I know it's a little bit harsh, but I'm like, if everyone was like everyone else, the world would be so boring. Thank God we are different. Thank the good Lord or whoever's out there that there are all different kinds of people and personalities and interests and likes and dislikes and haves and have nots or whatever. I think just in regards to the F word and fair, it's pretty much banned in our house. Something not being fair is like, you know what? Nothing is fair. We don't know how to, we got to break this to you guys, but like not a single thing is fair. We started that from little. Yeah, I like to redirect that one from from fairness to, to just. Yeah. I'm always saying like, you know, I'm not worried about doing things that are fair. I am I am worried about if it's just. So is it just? And which, you know, requires its own conversation too. Yeah. But I think that the tough part about different is that it can't be different bad. Right? Okay. It's, it's got to be different good. Like, like, you know, different is instead of eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you eat a peanut butter and ants sandwich. That's different, mm-hmm. but that's different bad. So it's like, well, I don't want to be that kind of different. <laughs> you know, I would rather have a peanut butter and fluff sandwich or, you know, something that that is better. So I think that's that comes with with different is like it's got to be different, better. It's got to be different in a way that benefits or different, different in a way that has value, not just different for the sake of different. 
Right. And I don't even like the good or bad label of it. I think it just, it just is. It is what it is. Some families are like this. It's not good or bad. It's not for us to judge. And it's none of our business. <laughs> it's not our family. Like, that's what we talk about our kids all the time. Like, you know what? In their family, they do it that way. But I bet you there's something else that they don't do that's cool that we do. Like, everybody has their own thing. And I think the more we push that agenda to them, the more we'll have some really resilient, interesting kids. I, th- I think that our kids, I think they have embraced that by now. Because like, I don't feel like, I, I don't remember a time where we've really talked about that idea in a long time. I think they're just like, yeah. Yeah, we do other stuff. Yeah. And I don't think it's, I don't think they're resigned to that e- either. I think they've embraced that idea. They're like, yeah, we do different stuff than, than everybody else does. Sometimes it's going to work out in my favor. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. And we're going to get a little bit more into this um, around the Christmas season. And I'm really excited for that episode, especially when we start talking about traditions, because, you know, some of our fears as parents are, you know, being that much different that our kid goes back to school and has feelings about like all the other kids got all this other stuff and they didn't get this and like, no, 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 no. Like it's the sooner we let them understand that we are our own family. We roll in our own lane. We do our own thing because we're our own people. I think the better and the more we get to like try new things. So anyways, I'm not going to spoil too much about that because I am also really excited about that episode. So that will be coming soon. Oh, we can tease that too. We can talk about Halloween. Oh, which, okay. Which just happened too, right? Kind of a, another kind of tradition. And, you know, we tweeted something on our, our Great Job Twitter account about parents who like threw out the candy that their kids uh, collected. Oh, yes. Talk about that. So, you know, there was, uh, I think, something that we retweeted about um, a parent who said, like, we went and we took we took our kids out for a trick or treat and they collected all their candy. And then at the end of the night, I let them eat as much as they wanted. And they're and then they got sick and then we threw away the rest of the candy. And that's a thing that just looking at the responses to that on Twitter was wild. It was like there was there's a lot of people who are very, very against that idea for lots of different reasons. But I think one of those reasons is like. Well, no, you can't do that to the kids because that's, you know, that's what you do on Halloween is you collect the candy and then you save the candy for a year and you let them have one candy for the rest of the year until the next Halloween. And I remember the person who originally posted that was like, no, that's just not how we do it. Yeah, that's fine for you if you want to do it that way. I don't want my kids doing it like that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people responded negatively to that idea like, well, but why not? (laughs) <laughs> and and I think that, you know, we saw that and was like, good for that parent, you know, good, good for that. They're like, like they're embracing the idea that like that doesn't work in our family. It's I'm fine if it away works somebody it. else, <laughs> uh, but it doesn't work for us. No, I think one of the biggest things and maybe this is a topic for a different episode, but was that parent lied to their kids about what they did with the candy. And so I think that was an even bigger. I think that was the issue. We were like, everything else sounds great. But like, why should you lie to your kid about that? Yeah. Why not be honest? Like, why not tell them like. Listen, candy really isn't part of the four food groups. It's not something you need to have every day. It's a special thing. You know, you don't give your kid a present every day for a year at Christmas. I mean, we're getting logical, but again, every family does their own thing. And the sooner you own it, you know, the happier and the like more identity your kids get from it. And they understand what's important to your family. And so again, and we're getting into this, but every family's got to be different. We need different. I mean, I think that's why we're doing this podcast. Is it, you know, the, the parent, I think lied to their kid because it was a reaction and all parents have that. Like when you get caught thinking, you know, you get caught in a situation where you're like, I have not thought about this before because I'm a new parent or I've never had a 12 year old or, you know, whatever age that is, 
you start, you have to react in the moment. And I think a lot of times parents don't think, you know, we, we don't think a lot of times ahead of time about like, what do we want to do? And so, you know, my riff on that was I, I, I get, I totally feel for that parent who was like, yeah, we told the kids that we we're going to give the candy away afterwards, but we really just threw it away. I think, okay, well, next time, next Halloween, before Halloween, you can talk to your kids and say, hey, the reason that we are celebrating Halloween is for the candy collection, not necessarily the candy eating. So we're going to go out and have like a great time dressing up, going around our neighborhood, saying hi to all our neighbors, collecting the candy, and then we're going to throw it out at the end. And I think it goes well because there's not a surprise at the end that like, wait, I collected all this candy. What do you mean I don't get to eat it? That you know, you're you're reducing that surprise. And instead, it's more about like we're doing this part as a family. We're doing this part because it's important. The candy eating is not a thing that we do, at least not excessively. And talking about that ahead of time, thinking about that ahead of time, I think goes a long way. Yeah, every family, every culture has different ideas about Halloween and what it's about. Same with Christmas. Same with like a lot of things, like how graduation should go, how that kind of stuff. And I think the sooner we talk to our kids ahead of time and we set their expectations, I mean, that kind of dives into intentional parenting. I don't think that is a parenting style that I found online, but maybe we start that one. Maybe it's a part of some of the other ones, but I think that's really important because if we can't, if we don't know how to react in the moment, like how much do we expect our kids to react in the moment? If we're going to react by lying in the moment, our kids are going to smell that from a mile away and they're going to do the same thing. So I think that's why I had a little bit of a problem with that um, Twitter story. But, you know, again, we're all different and we all want to parent differently. And so for me, I would rather, even if I did lie the moment, the story's ever over. You can go talk to your kid and be like, hey, I actually... I got caught up in the moment. Uh, we lied about it. We threw the candy away because after we thought about it, like we just, we just didn't know what to do with it or we just didn't feel like doing anything with it. And we'd rather not have it in our house. So we just wanted to be honest with you about kind of what we did with that. And maybe we can figure out a different way to enjoy this holiday next year. I like it. Uh, setting. Uh, speaking of setting expectations, I see that you have a lot of notes in front of you and I feel very unprepared. Yes. Well, I did a small amount of Google searching on different kind of parenting styles because I was just kind of curious as we were getting ready to do this podcast about like, what do I think ours is? And because I think they're all important in their own way and everybody's different. And so I was really quite amazed at the sheer amount of parenting styles that there are out there. And so there's kind of, it seems like there's like about four core ones and they all have different versions of like branches of each of them. So I'm going to just jump right in and get into some and I want to see what your reactions are. Okay, cool. And Let's do it. <laughs> I also want to know what you think your parenting style is. If mm. you see one or hear one that's yours, okay. you know, see something, say something. I like it. I think that's for a different thing, but all right. <laughs> the airport. Okay, so the first one is authoritarian. And this style is described as dictatorial and overbearing. It's the kind of parent who's like, because I said so. And, you know, you have to obey. You don't get reasons from your parents. Um, the punishments for violating rules are pretty severe. So that's authoritarian. Um, and some that I found related to this are the tiger style of parenting, which is pretty intense pressure to attain like high levels of achievement and success. Oh, interesting. Do you, do you want me to react to it as you're just going through or do you want to go through all of them and then... Oh, go for it. Okay. So 
It's interesting. I, I think that you've said this before. I forget if it was on previous episodes or just in our conversation that like when you become a parent, it brings up all of the stuff from how you were parented and the stuff for you as a kid. So like the first thing that comes to mind for me is growing up for me, it was always because I said so. Uh, uh-huh. Very rarely were there reasons for it, and I hated it. Do you think your parents were authoritarian? I think they tried to be. Um, I think what they wanted is respect from me and from my brother. So I think the tiger style parenting, I think it has some Asian backgrounds. Oh, interesting. Okay, because yeah. I don't relate to the tiger parenting style, both right. myself or my parents growing up. Hmm. Be, I think because the first place that my head went was sports. It was like parents who, who like put their kids in, you know, I, I wrestled in high school and I remember wrestling against kids who had been wrestling since they were two. And I, you know, I'm starting it in 11th grade, you know, as a as a junior in high school, and it's like these these kids that I'm wrestling against have been wrestling for 15 years already before yeah. I am, and so it re- it reminds me of that. Like, oh, it, mine went to like high academics. Like, uh, you're gonna be a doctor, you're gonna be a lawyer, so you better get like straight A's, and you better be like showing up and doing all this homework. And there's all this like intense pressure to like do homework at the age of you know, whatever in third grade. I, I'm going to bring this up because we just went to our kids, our oldest, our 12 year olds, um, back to school night and where you get to like meet all the teachers. And so because she's in seventh grade now, she is a different teacher for every subject. And they all kind of are on the same like mindset. But like we noticed one of our biggest takeaways from that night was like, well, there's two things. The first thing was like, wow, these teachers, this school district is freaking amazing and the second thing was like wow these parents care about homework way more than we do yeah so much more like (laughs) they had so many questions they were real intense they're taking notes and i was like um should we should we care about this because i don't i don't yeah do you want to talk about why we don't care about it too much i know you, you start i think well, one thing that one of the teachers actually said, I think it was their math teacher. She was like, here's the thing. If we're not teaching your kid in class, like we're not expecting, we're not trying to send them home to do our job. So it's not like we're sending them home to practice the stuff they do in class. Oh no, like we're teaching them in class how to do this stuff and they're practicing it in class. So if they do have stuff that they do at home, that's just like extra. We don't really grade it, but it's just there for them to practice if they do need it. But she's like, we don't really grade the homework as long as it looks like they tried, like it's fine. All right, the next style of parenting is authoritative. And this is a parenting style that provides a balance between structure and independence Um, It allows a kid to grow within reasonable boundaries and gives them the ability to explore their abilities. This style is considered like tough but fair or like firm but nurturing. And the kid gets like room to make mistakes and the freedom to make them without judgment within a structure that provides guidance. So the parents are assertive but not intrusive and restrictive. Um, The disciplinary methods are supportive rather than punitive. Uh, they want their children to be assertive as well as socially responsible and self-regulated as well as cooperative. Interesting. I, I Okay, so gut reaction to that one. Uh, I have mixed reactions to that. I think I don't want to be that one, but I think maybe I am. And then I'm also like, maybe I am because I think that's what my parents were sort of also. So hmm. maybe that's why I don't want to be that. So I kind of have mixed feelings about that. I don't know what's coming up next. I don't know what the other two styles are. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'm more one of those. But I think there's some in here. I don't react 
I, I don't think it's accurate for my parenting style to see like I'm it's tough but fair. But some of the other parts that you were talking about, it's like the discipline is more about support than it is like punishment. I'm like, yeah, that that resonates with the the way that I like to relate to my kids. Well, another one I found that's I think in this same field is called lighthouse parenting. And it's visible from the shoreline as a stable light. Basically, like you let the kid ride the waves. And you also know when to like let them crash. So it's sort mm. of like a, they can ride, but I also know when I need to intervene. So I think that's somewhere in between authoritative and the next one, okay. which okay. is permissive parenting. Um, this one is, you know, parents let their kids do what they want. They don't implement rules or structure that might make disappoint or upset the child. They act more as a peer or a friend to their child, giving into wants almost immediately. There's like a bit of lack of structure in this parenting style. And I think it's also closely related to some other ones I found that are like the free range, hands off approach parenting style where um, there's a lot more trial and error and risk taking. And these parents put a lot of importance on like the kid being able to just figure stuff out on their own to set them up for an independent life um, so I think it's sort of, I think the lighthouse one is sort of in between this permissive and authoritative. Okay. I, none, none of those. So I definitely have a negative reaction to this one. I'm like, no, I don't, not, not that it's a bad one, but I'm like, I don't think that's me because I do try to provide structure and I do try to provide, um, it's, it's, it's definitely not free range at all. It's definitely not like, eh, let them figure it out. And also I'm, especially when my kids were younger, I'm not the kind of parent who's like, ah, just let them burn their hand on the stove. I'm like, no, no, get them away from the stove. They're going to burn their hand. Oh, it's 100% me. So, so yeah, we I, and I know that, that was you. Uh, that's definitely not me. I was me. like, how else are they going to learn what hot means? I think Not like, that I want them to the burn summer. themselves, but like, you know, stuff happens. Yeah. I'm like, there's at some point they have to like, so that kind of goes into, there's um, a type of parent called the lawnmower parent. Can you guess what Ooh, that one is? The lawnmower parent. Oh, boy. That's the one that makes their kids mow the lawn? That sounds great, but no. Okay, it's sort of like a bulldozer parent where they go out of their way to remove adversity and failure from their kid's life. Oh, what does that have to do with a lawnmower? What's, I mean, you move metaphor? stuff out of your way to mow the lawn to make sure it's make sure the lawn is good. I don't know. Is I the didn't kid the up. lawn? What's the lawn? What's, <laughs> I'm not following the metaphor. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. Go I ahead. mean, that's, that's the most I wrote about it because I was like what is this or so it's the parents who don't want their kids to just have a hard time yeah I see I'm okay with some adversity yeah you can build character. okay but you're not okay with them like experiencing like a little heat I think I, don't, I think that's a little more than adversity <laughs> Fine. I mean come at me on that one guys I think that's because here's the probably the most extreme it's in that um free range area it's called the uninvolved parent and i think it's kind of close to the free range parent where they don't really um these parents don't really interact with their kids much at all they're not given rules or structure or affection they're kind of left to like fend for themselves they're kind of seen as like mini adults who are capable of you know things like that they don't attend their kids activities or events 
also called neglectful parenting. So I, I think it's safe to say that this is probably the least ideal type of parenting. But there are parents out there that are like, you know, I'm doing my best. And so it comes off as uninvolved and neglectful. But, you know, I'm a single parent or I work three jobs. There's only so much I can do. I don't think that I or we are that kind of parent. But I think that comparatively, there is a case to be made for how we are that sometimes. Oh, what do you mean? So, for example, our kids make their own lunch for school. I think to another parent, we're neglectful because of that, because they make their kids lunches. That's interesting you say that because I've had other moms be like, oh, you do that? I want I want to do that. I'm like, you have permission to do that. Like my kids are fully capable of putting a, a uncrustable in their lunchbox and picking out two or three snacks, zipping it up, going to school. They're also capable. I mean, we're talking about this pivotal age where they can put their own shoes on. They can brush their own teeth. They can like kind of get themselves together for school. So why not put yourself like I put a lunch together. So Here's I haven't said what I think my parents' right. style of parenting was, and I'm not really sure. I think it was a mix of permissive, although they wanted to be authoritative and authoritarian. They were, this is weird. I have a interesting background where my parents were very opposite people. My mom was very much like laid back, hippie, you know, do what feels right kind of person. Whereas my dad was not raised that way and was the like oldest of six or seven or something. And he was a pastor when I was growing up. So my parents tried to give us support, like structure and rules within the religion that we were a part of. But like, it was kind of hard to believe them. (laughs) So, I mean, we tried to follow them, but like, my dad would have follow through, but my mom wouldn't have follow through. So it was a lot of mixed messages in my house. So I'm not really sure where that fell. And so I think when we first started having kids, I had a lot of those questions come up and it was like, wow, it was really hard. I think around the age of like 18 months, I was like, when do you start punishing your kid? Like, when do you start putting them in timeout? Like, I had no idea. Thank God for super nanny. And also for community, because I remember that was also around the time that like, coincidentally, you had a group of friends that that had a group where they were talking about disciplining their kids. And it was like right at the right time. And I know we we instituted that very... What do I want to say about that? We instituted that well, I think, because we had training, because we had people to say, who had older kids around us that said, like, here's how, here's how it went with our kids. And I remember us admiring other parents because of their kids. And I remember being like, I want my kids to turn out like that. So whatever they're doing... Let's do that. And I remember you kind of like learning from from some of those other moms and saying, okay, this is how they did it. And I was like, great. You know, and, and you were like, we should do that here for our kids as well. So I think that we had a very different uh, discipline routine than I think a lot of other parents do, especially at that at those early eight, like 18 months, you know, two years kind of in that in that zone. I was not shy to admit that I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I don't know how to raise kids. I don't know what's the right way to do it. And you know, over a decade later, I can honestly say there is no right way. So, you know, shout out to past me. But (laughs) what I did was I joined this like local moms group. And what was really cool about that group was the way they talked about their kids, the way 
every we met like once a month or something or every two weeks i don't remember and we would read parenting style books and they had older kids in mind so they would talk about like punishing or like how to handle how they chose to handle certain outbursts or whatever and i was like oh there's so much i learned from being around other moms and parents who were intentional and were thinking about this and cared about it and wanted their kids to be kids. I wanted my kids to be around their kids because I got to see the way they thought about raising their kids. And that was just mind blowing to me. And it was so helpful and gave me so much confidence when it came to like, what do I do when she's in this like three and she's testing and I'm repeating myself 12 times a day? Like, ah. and also... Again, shout out to Super Nanny. We watched that around that time. We did. That's true. Super Nanny is great. That's a great show. I use a lot of the techniques that I learned in Super Nanny at work because I think it's the same. Like every parenting book that I've read, I think I've read enough now that I'm starting to notice some of the patterns. And it's basically conflict management. That's what all those books are about. I was going to say... I think what I found pattern recognition wise from that show was like, Oh, it's always the parent. It's (laughs) always the parent. And like, yes, kids have behavior stuff and I'm not, I'm not discounting the kids who have like, you know, um, neurodivergent stuff. That's a whole different thing. But in these shows, (laughs) it's always super nanny coming in and like getting the parent to be consistent and getting the parent to show up and getting the parent to be aware of what they're doing and getting the parent to change. And so she had these heart to heart with the parents and you're like, and you could just see from the show, you know, the way you can like see the killer in the back of the movie or hiding behind the curtain. It was like, it's you. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, it's me. Oh my God. Well, the same thing with the, with the pet shows too, right? Like dog whisperer and stuff like that. It's always like the, the caretaker that's like, once you get regulated a bit, you know, once you can create some consistency, then like then your kid will and your, your pet will adopt some of that stuff because they take a lot more cues from you than, than you might think. That's rough. You can't be comparing kids to pets. We're going to get a lot of angry responses. I'm comparing caretakers to caretakers. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think this is a great place to stop and think about our parenting style. And I think, to be honest, Ideally, ours is more authoritative. And and some of the um, information I came across was saying this is regarded to be the best parenting style because it provides a balance between structure and independence, which I think are important to us as a family. Yeah, I like that idea of, I mean, you know, we talked about it last episode, the idea of balance that like you may never reach it. You may never, never achieve it. But the, the pursuit is worthy. You know, it like it's worth it's worth striving for. It's worth chasing after because even if you get 60, 40, you know, even if it's not 50, 50, that's OK. 60, 40 is better than 70, 30 or like there's there's always something that you might need to calibrate. And I think the pursuit of that is, is worth it. I try to avoid this cliche as much as I can, but it seems true. So we can't avoid it. Uh, the idea that like, you know, if you're a parent and you care you're already ahead of a bunch of a bunch of other people. You know, a bunch of other parents is like you're like the fact that you're listening to a podcast, the fact that we're making a podcast, yeah. the fact that you're reading books, so the fact that you are, you know, just trying to be any one of these parenting styles, it doesn't matter or whatever mix it is is already something good. Like there's already something in a good direction that that you can do there and then the rest is optimization on top of that. Yeah. It's like already proof that you're a great parent. The fact that you cared and you're thinking about it and you're listening to stuff like this yeah i'm just reiterating what you said but 
I think it's something I say to new parents all the time. I'm like, listen, the fact that we're even having this conversation is already evidence that your child is loved and cared for. And it's proof. Like if your kid wasn't, then you wouldn't be talking to me about this. So. I like it. Yeah. Should we stop there? Yeah. All that to say. You're doing a great job, everybody. Keep it up. Thank you so much for joining us. If you love this content, please download the episode, subscribe to the podcast and share with anyone in your life who wants to be more intentional about raising amazing kids. If you want more from us, please join our email list at greatjob.kids newsletter to get more parenting strategies, tips, tools, and templates directly to your inbox. You can also find Great Job on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. You're doing a great job. <laughs>